welcome to Upbringing. We're Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers us all to engage bravely with the hardest aspects of parenting, to create positive change in ourselves, our families, and the world. Join us to build intention, elevate skills, and align our parenting practices with our greatest ideals. When we practice trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection, we're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. Today's episode is supported by Tradlands, high quality, sustainably crafted essentials for women inspired by classic menswear. You and I tend to lean on those minimalist items that we can wear for forever, which explains the reason we love them. Founder Sadie Roberts believes that while spending time on how we look and feel is important, keeping things basic can free up our time and energy for other important things, Mm. our relationships, our businesses, our dreams. Another big draw for us is that Tradlands is produced ethically using recycled, high-quality materials. Visit tradlands.com and enter code UPBRINGING15 for 15% off your purchase. Now, onto our empowerment. Friday, kids. Welcome to our first empowerment episode. We grabbed some beverages, we sat down, and we recorded our first video that is up on YouTube as well as our website. The audio from that happy hour is what you'll be hearing today. Most of these empowerment episodes will revolve around Dear Upbringing, where listeners share challenges that we can ruminate on and commiserate with and just kind of discuss together. Today, though, we kick off these episodes by sharing our approach to any and every challenge. It's four parts. It's pretty simple. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how it ended up being an hour long. If that's no idea, but we <laughs> did have fun, and we hope you do too. So here we go. Welcome to Dear Upbringing. I'm Hannah. I'm guilty. I don't know how we started out this cheesy, but we're gonna work on it, you guys. Um, this yeah. is our um, empowerment episode. Yeah, kind of. it's it, like an empowerment dear upbringing fusion. It is. It's an opportunity for us to get comfortable in front of the camera because we're shy mm. twin traverts, um, to talk through some issues and some struggles because I feel like um, it's a lot harder to read and work through things like that. Um, and it's just, it's nice to get somebody's real issue out on the table to kind of um, hash through um, and learn through together. Yeah. And this episode, we're not going to be bringing um, a specific issue in, but we're going to be sort of talking about some of the ways that we approach these issues. Mm-hmm. So we can, it's like a primer to our crazy, like what's in there, yeah. what, what to expect a little bit so that you guys can kind of be a little bit more familiar with our approach. And so that we can get familiar with that approach. Because we don't know what we're doing. Well, I think we have a lot of ideas. We're really passionate about this stuff. um, And we need to get more organized around it. Um, We love and have loved talking to each other about parenting. We've loved talking to our friends about parenting stuff in little sound bites, in little moments and ideas. Mm -hmm. um, And also in kind of longer diatribe types of situations. Um, But to actually connect to another person and to um, kind of... I don't know, like send information out that is received in a um, an understood way. I feel like we have to get organized and have some kind of a structure, I guess. <clears throat> I feel like this is one of our kind of struggles is Hannah is constantly trying to put structure and organization to what we do. And I'm the voice that's constantly saying, we do that a lot. Let's just wing it. Let's just 
put ourselves out there and be organic and like fucking tear up the notes and just do it. So, so well, that's well, our and, dilemma. And that's the thing is like <laughs> that you're focused on our experience of just <clears throat> output and practice and doing it. I am. Yeah. At, which is incredibly important. And I'm focused on how that information and experience is going to be received. When we just have our experience together, mm-hmm. nobody's watching, so we don't have to worry about yeah. how it's received or how it's taken. I'm, so It's not that I'm not worrying about how, it's, how it will be received or taken. I think people will like that we're just rolling with it and doing it. Not that we're like throwing total organization and structure to the wind, but like, okay. I think working authentically is going to be connected to, mm-hmm. I think. Okay. That's I what people so. connect to. I hope so. Hopefully you forwarded through this whole part mm-hmm. so far. Because we're not I'll editing any edit. of these. We're just no, not. Not going to do it. Don't have time for that. Okay. We are busy I looked people. at Al like, no, we're not. He's Al, like, no, we're not. not doing uh-uh. it. Okay. We'll keep them going. Okay. Um, so what do we want to talk about today? Our structure. Yeah. We have, mm-hmm. um, as we've been parenting, as we've been talking about parenting, as we've been reading and studying and training all this parenting stuff, um, four kind of main parts of a process have fallen into line for us. Um, Those parts are uh, kind of process-oriented, I would say, but also Mm -hmm. they they can kind of move back and forth. They're steps in in the line of solving a problem, solving a challenge or working Mm -hmm. around a challenge, but they also stand alone as kind of like big values and big reminders. Mm -hmm. So the first uh, step is respect. The second step is... Connect. Connect, thanks. The third step, thanks <laughs> for connecting on with me one. on that yeah. one. Um, the third step is to solve. And the fourth step is to trust. We wish that it spelled out something better. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not cool. Yeah. So respect, connect, solve, trust. That's kind of our four step infrastructure to how we move through struggles with our kids and how we talk to our friends about this stuff. So, this is kind of our work in progress, and I like that. I do like Kel the idea of using these dear upbringing videos as an opportunity to work through this structure, to hear feedback from you guys about what you're learning, what you're thinking, yeah. how you're feeling about all of it, um, how you learn best. Because this isn't just about us; it's also about you guys. So, um, what else? I'm glad we established that it's not all about us. Okay, but yeah, I feel like sometimes that okay. has to be said. Okay. Okay. What else? Um, I think just briefly when, so we've been getting a lot of <clears throat> dear upbringings sent in, just amazing messages from people sharing their challenges with their kids. And I think how we're going to sort of approach those things is through discussing the four part kind of, we don't, we don't have a fucking name for it even. We'll come up know. with a name. Four powers. Yeah. The four the part f- steps. There are four. What are the fours. We'll be explaining the fours um, in kind of like a bigger picture way. Mm -hmm. And then we'll also be diving in as in like mindset, awareness, values, um, just to kind of like build the the foundation for those things. Mm -hmm. And then we'll be diving more specifically into the issue to to talk about how those play out like in the moment. How we approach that. Like what is respecting Mm -hmm. my child in this moment when I'm going to like lose my shit Mm -hmm. mean? How do you connect with a kid that's uh, 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 uh mm-hmm. in this moment? What does solving look like mm-hmm. when I'm going up against all these challenges and whatever? Yeah. And then how do you trust when when all else fails? Or maybe some things haven't failed. So that's our hope. <clears throat> but so that's kind of how it's going to yeah. be broken down. Yeah. 
um, I don't know, do we want to describe the four things? Yeah, and let's do maybe it. at the end of the episode, we can, if we have time, can go into the empowerments, which are on our website. Mm-hmm. But I think those are going to be really woven into all of this a lot. I agree. Um, and so it might make sense for us to kind of just expound on them a little in yeah. person. So we have 12 yeah. empowerments and they're on our website that you can read. And they're just kind of our, not like our mantras and reminders, but just like our core, a lot of our core values that we use yeah. to come back to. Touchstones. Yeah, touchstone yeah. is good because you can just kind of like run through them and they, they stand out to you. They're mm-hmm. phrases that remind us of our responsibility in these challenges and in these hard times to control less and trust more ultimately. Mm-hmm. And so they crop up a lot in these challenges that we talk about with our own families, with mm-hmm. our friends and clients' families. They're constantly popping up and you're going to get to know them well through these empowerment episodes and Dear Upbringing videos. Um, so I think that's all I have to say about those. Okay. Okay. But we're not going to talk about them right now. We're not. Well, I mean like right this moment? Right this moment. No. No. We're going back. We might read them yeah. later. Yeah. We're going to get more organized with this, you guys. Don't Maybe. worry. Um, okay. So let's go back to our four powers, our four forces that we're talking about. Respect is the first one. Mm-hmm. Respect. I w- would venture to guess that we all say... I respect my kid. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a respectful parent. Um, what does that actually look like? Yeah. What, is what does that, that feel like? What does that feel like? What does that mean in the challenging times? I think we can. It's easy for us, or easier for us, to respect our kids when things are going really well mm-hmm. and they're cute, you know, angelic, mm-hmm. and untroubled, and going with the flow. And it's a lot harder. In the tough times, and it's a lot more important mm-hmm. in the tough times, and that's why we're talking about it. Um, and we talk about the step of respect as really like the initial bitch slap to us mm-hmm. as we approach this challenge. So, when you're having a challenge and you get that feeling like ding, 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 it's time to start the four steps. Mm-hmm. The respect one is the biggest one that just kind of like pops the bubble. It sets the scene. It sets the scene. Yeah. It tenderizes. We need to think of like uh-huh. a better than like a raw meat metaphor. Save but like pears. I picture myself like getting <laughs> tenderized. <laughs> Maybe it's almost like good massage, like uh-huh. me- mental metaphor. But it sets the scene for your brain. It yeah. brines your experience. Okay, brining, good. Yeah, Let's brining. keep going with the, okay. the food yeah. metaphors. Um, but um, it, it gets you, it, at least it gets us starting with respect has gotten us in the place we need to be to move forward positively, <coughs> collaboratively, um, respectfully, yeah. empathetically, all of those things that come after. It seems like the forefront, the first thing we should do. Yeah. It does, yeah. Um, and I think that the first step within that is thinking of yourself as the advocate. Mm-hmm. So channeling this role as not the commander-in-chief, not the boss, um, not the dictator. Not, yeah, not the crazy dictator, which is... And I mean, I think most people would think of themselves like they do, like they think of themselves respecting their kid in the really good moments. They would mm-hmm. think, sure, I'm their advocate. I'm going to hold their hand crossing the street. I'm going to do these things. I told them what to do, and they did it. Right. Awesome. But in, in me. those challenging times, it's harder to embrace the advocate. Well, I think it's hard, <clears throat> and I hate, sorry to interrupt, That's because okay. our kids are born from us. 
They are of us in some ways, but they are not us. We do not own them. They are separate people. Um, And I feel like that's the first thing we need to be acknowledging with Mm -hmm. respect is that our kids are separate people. They're not robots. They're not little mini-me's. They're their own people with their own needs, their own rights. And that kind of leads into the idea of advocate. Even though we're in charge as parents, we're not letting them run the house. We're in charge. We're in control of a lot of things. But we have to be really sensitive with that control and be balanced and fair and very conscientious. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what led us to talk about this role and channeling this idea as an advocate because that um, honors that um, individuality of of our kid, that honors our role and responsibility to see to their best interests. Yeah, and to be sort of that like benevolent supporter instead Uh of the crazy dictator. Like an advocate isn't... Um, seeking kind of like a top-down hierarchical. hierarchical yeah. You have trouble with that word. I sometimes. do. Yeah. It's cute. Yeah. Um, mentality. Mm-hmm. They're they're pursuing a supportive, um, engaging, collaborative. Well, you know, when you advocate for someone, you you see them as hu- you see their humanity. You see that they deserve the <clears> same <throat> rights as other people. That they deserve to be honored and respected, and then you also see that in relation to your needs, other people's needs. So you, you are the one that gets that meta view of everybody's needs, and it's your job as an advocate to see that all those needs are met, <clears throat> i.e., the people in your family and in your household, yeah. because you're the one. In I think charge. that's really what it is about too: is thinking about that in the greater sense of the community, <clears throat> or in your community, your fam, being your family, mm-hmm. and being the advocate for that is making sure that everyone's needs are met juggling all of those like clashing expectations and needs and agendas abilities. and abilities yeah. and all of those things all at once. Um, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. so what does that look like in advocating for <coughs> our kids? So Excuse specifically um, for them, what does that look like, Kel? Mm. So embracing them and seeing them as their own person is they, the number one thing. Yeah. They have fewer skills, less experience than us, but they are mm-hmm. absolutely deserving of our respect in what three areas? We talk about mm-hmm. three areas usually. We talk about respect respecting their body. Mm-hmm. We talk about respecting their feelings. Mm-hmm. And we talk about respecting their will. Mm-hmm. And those three things, I feel like <clears throat> when we're not doing that, uh, one or more of those mm-hmm. is when we're usually struggling a lot. <laughs> and that's why mm-hmm. this is the first step, too, is acknowledging their feelings so accepting their feelings recognizing that those that they have a right to have those feelings that their feelings could be different than ours that they absolutely absolutely can and should be um that we are respecting their bodies as their own we do not Mm -hmm. own them they're small and manipulatable and we cared for them as infants and had a great responsibility to their bodies for a long time but Mm -hmm. as they grow up and grow older we have to be really sensitive about how we um support their understanding of their own body, of their own physical space, all these things. And I would say as a kind of a subset to that body is their developmental readiness. So respecting their body is being very careful with it physically and Mm -hmm. um, having those boundaries um, and awareness, but it's also understanding what their body can do and can't do, what Mm -hmm. their feelings can do and can't do, um, Mm -hmm. what kind of their general developmental sphere of where they are because I think so many of the problems that come up is because we're disrespecting their body or their feelings or their will because we just don't know what they're supposed to be feeling or yeah. um, feel, uh, deciding or, or doing with their bodies. And I think some of that is just there are ways that we can get more educated about mm-hmm. <clears throat> what, you know, 
what those developmental milestones are. Um, a lot of people read books about them, ask mm-hmm. their pediatrician, check in with their neighbors mm-hmm. and their friends to be like, my kid's doing that. Is that normal? Um, but ultimately, we have this perspective that readiness is when they do it. We're meeting them where they are, as they are, <clears throat> with the assumption as the advocate that they are always doing their best, always trying their utmost, and giving um, them the benefit of the doubt that yeah. they're, they deserve their own unique experience in the, those three realms, mm-hmm. and that it's our job to help support them into developing those three things, um, not meeting our expectations, which I think is so easy for us to do. Yeah. Um, Anything else about the like respect? I think the whole idea of respect is setting the scene to work with, not against our kid, to work side Mm -hmm. by side, to do, you know, work with, not do to, is the idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is that like priming stage because it's, it clears, it clears my head in the moment. Like Mm -hmm. when I start getting embroiled and (coughs) and feeling challenged and, and feeling frustrated when I go to that first step it like calibrates me mm-hmm. to, oh yeah, like here here's where we should be. Mm-hmm. Here's where my big picture brain should be. Here's this little person who <clears throat> isn't me, isn't my um, my slave, mm-hmm. um, who is struggling through their own their own challenges to get their own needs met. Mm-hmm. And and that's like the first kind of like snap bubble popping thing that mm-hmm. helps me then kind of like lean in to the challenge after Yeah, that. well, and as the, I think another big thing we talk about, as the advocate, it's not just seeing them as separate and as of deserving um, to have their own experiences and have their own needs met. It's not just knowing developmentally what they should kind of be going through, what's a, a reasonable expectation versus, versus unreasonable one, but it's also just seeing them, that's part of the humanity part, is seeing that they're, be- they're more than just a behavior, um, that they mm-hmm. their behaviors represent um, an unmet need or a lacking skill, mm-hmm. um, and that it's our job as the advocate to help get those needs met, not just stop behaviors. That's what a dictator does or mm-hmm. a commander or something. But as an advocate, it's looking deeper. It's going to the root cause of behaviors, not just sitting on the surface with all of the symptoms um, screaming and pulling her hair out and freaking yeah. out. Um, it's really getting to the root and being willing to dive in because you believe that there's a reason for what they're doing yeah. and you trust that that there's a good reason for it and that yeah. you're going to help them move through that. But with that comes kind of like realigning a lot of your basic assumptions about, mm-hmm. about your family dynamic, about your kid, about yourself. Um, and yeah, yeah I mean, our, I feel like our culture does not look at parenting from this perspective necessarily. I think it looks at it from a really hierarchical Got it. perspective so um, of kind of, kind of a, a, a top-down approach of I'm the person of the family. What I say goes, goes down. And then you older sibling goes down to the younger sibling. It's a very top-down mentality mm-hmm. that you see in businesses, that you see in churches or um, government. And um, I don't think that that necessarily needs to apply to families. I think it's a really big... That's a soft way to say it. I think it should not apply to families. It should not apply to families. Well, I think some people believe it should, but we don't believe. We're saying what we believe. Yeah. We don't believe it should apply to families. Um, It doesn't need to... Letting that go does not mean your family is going to be crazy and that you are going to be a permissive parent. And that's a huge part of what we're trying to convince everybody about. I think that's people 
grip to that sort of those old power structures because they're worried that they can't um, kind of make things work with through that lens. If I respect, if, then I'm a pushover. Yeah. My kids should respect me. Yeah. I think that's the old mentality, and I think it's something that we just yeah. naturally and react they should, to. They should like, I should. They should earn my respect. Mm-hmm. Also, instead of being yeah. born deserving respect deserving of it and i think this is something we'll come back to within each of the four sections but practicing this as a parent practicing this first step of respect is you have to think about it as like the first step into really not just really alleviating a lot of the challenges um not just making your experience better and clearing your head so you don't get so like batshit crazy and have a hard time but also modeling Mm-hmm. respect mm-hmm. like you're the advocate you raise an advocate mm-hmm. like you are thinking about these big picture things um somebody's right to disagree somebody's body that's deserving of respect mm-hmm. somebody's feelings that you should em- be able to empathize with or or respect as their own and different than yours and you're you're therefore imparting these values to your yeah. kid every time you do it every time you nail this first step mm-hmm. they are learning that that they should do that for themselves so that they deserve that for themselves so people don't touch them, so people don't disrespect them, so people don't cast them off as, as other because they disagree. Um, and then they learn to do that with other people yeah. as well. Right. We're not just yeah. building this within our families. We're setting our child off having learned this and having integrated that so that they can treat other people in that way. They can treat themselves in that way. They can raise families that way. This is a, a bigger picture reason that yeah. we're beginning with respect for sure yeah yeah okay on to connect connect our, our four purpose for whatever plan. yeah yeah um is connect um and we we spent a lot of time talking about respect we're going to try and move through these okay. we know your time is valuable yeah. but we want to get into this we want you to understand where we're coming from and how we're organizing these dear upbringing episodes we feel like it's important if you have time when you're vacuuming or doing whatever to listen mm-hmm. to this go on a power kind of walk important. you deserve it yes you deserve yeah. it so um the idea of connect is really powerful, we think. We think that the power of connection is the biggest tool we have. The biggest yeah. tool we have. I think that it's very easy for us to think that control is the biggest tool we have and to rely on control a lot. I find myself doing that a lot. You find yourself doing that a lot. Everybody I think yeah. our culture, that's how we roll when you can't... Um, make someone do something, um, you control them. So you offer them a reward or an incentive. You give a punishment or what people call a consequence. Um, and that motivates them to <clears throat> do whatever it is. And that's based on the assumption that our kids just need motivation to do something that we or not do something that we want them to do. Not that they're doing the best they can already. Ross Green yeah. talks about that a lot. Totally. And we totally believe that. Um, but the idea is we don't want to have to control. Control is a, it's effective sometimes, um, but the concern about control is that it doesn't teach kids skills. They don't really learn any skills besides that you can control somebody by giving them something or taking something away. So that's a skill that they and, learn when we and control. it, doesn't, it you know? doesn't build your connection with your kid either. Definitely doesn't. So if yeah. anything, it separates you guys more yeah, because so they're like, this asshole <clears throat> is controlling me. People yeah. know when they're controlled, including our kids. So yeah. they're so very we'll, sensitive We'll cycle to back to this idea of control, but yeah. we feel like it's sort of the antithesis of connection in yes. a lot of ways, which is why I think you called it out. Yes, um, exactly. But I th- And I think briefly... I think a lot of people think I connect with my kid um, 
like we'd said during respect, like in the easy times, it's easy to connect. You know, when you're mm-hmm. cuddling and you're talking or you're reading a book, you're connecting. Mm-hmm. Those are the, mm, that sounds so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the things, the skills that we need to bring into those harder times. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's really easy for your connection and your ability and desire to connect to just be like, poof, the mm-hmm. second your kid um, starts exhibiting some challenging behaviors or is struggling. Um, how do we interpret connection then? Right. How, how do you bring <laughs> connection in when you're really frustrated, mm-hmm. really irritated at your wits end, um, trying to get something done and unable to get something done, confused and baffled by your kid's behavior, mm-hmm. um, repulsed probably by your kid's behavior often. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you connect with <clears throat> that? You well, know? I think connect, the idea of connect and the word connect makes you think of it something that you do. And I think it's in some ways that it is, but I you think have to that initiate when it we're, often. But. When we're in a stressful situation and we think of connection, it's literally like, get in the car. <laughs> You're like, I One got down to their things. level, I made eye contact, and I, I, said, I said what I need again. Right. And yeah. so it's a very, in that way, a very one-way kind of idea. Yeah. And the power of connection that we're talking about is a collaborative process. It's a two-way street. It's a two-way yeah. street. Any problem we have with our kids is because their needs aren't getting met, we're ne- our needs aren't getting met. And to solve this problem, it requires both of us. And any time that we just solve the problem, that's usually because we're exerting control and they lose out. And we lose out, our relationship yeah. does. So the idea of connection is that it takes two and that it's not so much giving or it's partially us giving and paying attention and doing certain things, but it's also mm-hmm. the receptivity and it, the listening It's skills. about being open and, and, yeah. and deciding, I don't know the end of this story. I don't actually know what they want or need. Like scrapping your script that you think, oh my God, this happens every time. They Mm -hmm. just want this. They just need this. Or they're going to do this if I don't this. Mm -hmm. Like ditch that whole totally limiting script. Mm -hmm. And and it's really hard to just be totally open and decide you don't understand. And you want to connect with them to seek understanding, to Mm -hmm. be totally open and get in there and, Mm -hmm. and learn something about what they're going through. Think about it like yeah. a hostage negotiator type situation oh, sure. or yeah. something where you like you need to be. Well, I think the idea, the the role that we're channeling not this hostage is not hostage negotiator. <laughs> um, the, the role is at be an empath. It's to channel an empath. Yeah. And I think that we chose that because we didn't say channel the doormat. We didn't yeah. say channel the mama who takes it all on and then feels like resentful shit. We didn't, you know what I or, mean? Or like, like the the non-active listener, the like yeah. like you said, like getting in their face is con- as connection. Right. A, a clear communicator, yeah. you could say. No, that's not what it is. An empath is someone who seeks to connect, who seeks to understand. Yeah. Um, and that's what connecting is all about. It's, it's not just co- communicating what your needs are and wh- how you see the situation, but it's being willing to sit yeah. and shut the F up and yeah. listen to what they are coming to the table about, to show yeah. them that balance of power and that balance of... Openness to communication. Yeah. What was I going to say? Sorry. That's okay. Kind of kept talking there. Yeah, you did. Um, oh, I think I was just going to say that it's it's non-judgmental. Mm-hmm. And like we'd said about ditching the script, it is, it's really going in with like a total like blank slate and open heart. And that's the hardest thing to do in the moment when you're being triggered and having all this baggage. But hopefully we've kind of just like burst the bubble with the respect thing. And then that's helping you take the next step into mm-hmm. connection, mm-hmm. Um, which is non-judgmental, which is unconditional, which is just 
totally open. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've been through that. But I guess the idea of it is that we all know this. If we don't have a connection with another person, we're far less likely to cooperate with them. Mm-hmm. We're far less likely to enjoy our time with them or want to work with them or sit down at the table with them mm-hmm. or get in the bath with them or get in the car or do any of those things. And connection is just the idea of it in general is really important, but it also is how problems get solved is you connect with the other person first. You have to fucking do it. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is one of those, you know, I, the next step, as you know, is solve. But oftentimes I find myself, I kind of forget you the like connection part. To solve. And I jump yeah. to solve and I'm like, why isn't this working? What the fuck? Like, yeah. and then I'm like, oh yeah, it's because they have no reason to want to solve this problem yeah. with me. They have no reason this to want to listen to This is a normal thing to, to skip steps. And we talk about that all the time is we skip steps. Like sometimes I skip the respect step mm-hmm. and I'm trying to connect and I'm still so angry at, uh-huh. at them and they, yeah. they're doing this and they want this and they want that. And it's like, what I can't connect without respecting first first so anyway yeah. so this connection step is kind of important um, kind of important kind of important like if you're going to get to the actual solve step yeah which is where shit gets done yeah so but to wrap up the connection thing sort of like we did the respect step this is a moment for you to be growing as a person this is this is the time for you to be the adult like actually be the adult and let go of your preconceived notions. Let go of all your baggage and crap. That's what in charge <clears throat> looks like. Put the put the bag down. Stop the dishes and get get down there with them. Like specifically, mm-hmm. we talk about connecting in terms of like physical proximity. Mm-hmm. Not yelling from the other side of the house. Not cold shouldering. Caring not touch. Whatever. Yeah, a good caring touch. Good eye contact. Engaging with what they're interested in. So yeah. before you try to solve something or talk about mm-hmm. something or do something. You know, getting in there. Figure out what board game they're working on while they're ignoring whatever else is going on. Yeah. Engaging with whatever it is, leaning into who they are and what where they're they into are. and where they are to say, I'm I'm here. We're on, we're side by mm-hmm. side. We're at the same level here. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty important too. Yeah. What else does that look like? Um, it looks like, <clears throat> like we'd said, asking questions mm-hmm. instead of just stating your own agenda and your yeah. own needs, which is... They're first and foremost at the top of your mind, understandably. Mm-hmm. Um, but asking questions mm-hmm. and and connecting and validating their feelings and their experience seems like you don't want to do that. Seems mm-hmm. like you're feeling really frustrated, or how are you feeling, mm-hmm. or why don't you want to? Yeah, you know, jump <clears throat> in the bathtub. Yeah. How are you feeling about this? Seems like, them. It seems like you don't want to do this. Why? What's going on? But again, it's, it's continuing that side-by-side approach. It's continuing the idea that you're working with, not doing too. Mm-hmm. And connecting is saying, again, you can trust me. We're in this together. Mm-hmm. I'm in charge, but I have your best interests in mind, and I'm giving yeah. you the benefit of the doubt, and I'm helping support you, not control you. And it's a really big exercise for us in restraint mm-hmm. because it is – when you like like you said when you want to connect that means i want to connect to tell you exactly what i need <laughs> and why and wh- how you're not doing it and how that is making me feel and and that is not what we're talking about here this is the big ask about connecting is it's collaborative biting your tongue yeah. listening asking questions being open just put a pin in it mm-hmm. give it a little breathing space and a little time and like Push it onto their plate for a minute and see what happens. Mm-hmm. There's going to be time for you and, to, to bring your own agenda to the table. And connecting too, like chances are the reason that a connection needs to happen is because you have expectations for your kids that they aren't able to meet for whatever mm-hmm. reason yet. And that typically looks like 
crazy behavior, resistance, um, backtalk, sass, all of these different things. Mm -hmm. And we're asking that you connect to those things, which is a really big ask. Connect with the scary hard stuff. But the idea of connection is also, it is the the most pure form of attachment, which we have with our babies when they're on us, when they're in us, when they're very young. And then that form of attachment changes. And I like to think of it as an opportunity to to nurture that attachment and to continue to help them feel like, mom's here, papa's here. We're connected. I'm being cared for. (coughs) I'm being loved. Thinking about it like a thread that, that doesn't break in the hard times. That like it's so easy, like we said, to feel connected in those easy moments, but like keep that thread going. And Hold on to pulled, that, and it's being pulled back. Yeah. And and I think that essentially, if you want, if you you know, we don't want to get all all sciency and get into the the literature mm-hmm. too much. But the idea is that in these tougher moments, when we're dysregulated, when our kids are uncomfortable inside and having trouble managing their behavior or their feelings or what they're saying, they're needing us to co-regulate with them. Mm -hmm. And co-regulating is connecting. It's saying, I'm your attachment figure. I'm someone safe that you can trust. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to connect to you to not to like take care of you or fix you or whatever, but just to hold space around this struggle that you're experiencing Mm -hmm. and to get to the bottom of it together and that you can really trust me and that I'm there for you. And the more that we do this and connect with Mm -hmm. our kids and show them in these tough moments that it doesn't have to get worse. It can actually get better. It can, yeah. Things don't have to get crazier. They can get clearer. Mm-hmm. That helps them learn to figure those things out for themselves. Eventually, That's they'll be feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, that just you're, you're teaching them. Um, you're helping them build that inner voice mm-hmm. of examining their feelings, forgiving themselves, um, Thinking about like, their impact on other people. Right, thinking about their impact, thinking about what other people might be going through. Mm-hmm. Perspective taking, so basically. Like um, yeah. yeah, and so, so you're you're raising a little empath when you are the empath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty important stuff. I was going to say, and I totally forgot again. You have two seconds to think of any more coffee. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was it. That's all I got. So, we so connected. Oh. oh. <laughs> So we've connected with our kid, whether or not it felt like it. Okay. And that's what it is. It's feeling like it because Mm -hmm. sometimes people will be like, and people, I mean, we will be like, okay, I connected. I did all the things I thought that were right. That would, that would help the situation. And it didn't like work. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think like Hannah said, these, this is all building. And a lot of this is invisible work. Mm -hmm. You, it's not like your kid is always going to just like fucking snap out of it all of a sudden and be like, dive into your arms and be fine, which that happens a lot too, actually. Um, it actually does. And the more you do it, the, the, yeah, the more the trust is of the connection. Something we didn't say is don't look for that reciprocation right away. Don't Mm -hmm. think that you failed in connecting just because they're still refusing to look at you or whatever mm-hmm. the thing is. But connecting is a very subtle process. It's not a trick. Yeah. So, um, and it takes time and you have to just like have the faith that, that it's there and it's getting in there But to them. Besides the building the relationship thing and the building of trust to mm-hmm. allow for cooperation, I think the connecting is also a reason be- to um, calm our brains down. So when our kids are dysregulated, not feeling good, uncomfortable, when we're freaking shit out, Um, Mm -hmm. our brains are in a place where we can't be problem solving. And that's oftentimes why problem solving doesn't work. Not just because they don't feel like Mm -hmm. being cooperative with someone who's treating them like shit. It's also because their brains are totally inflamed in a reactionary, 
non-thinking way mm-hmm. in a part of their brain that is not their prefrontal cortex um, that is yeah. helping them make decisions and weigh judgments and right. um, you know make choices and things like that. So, so, so connecting helps connecting calm those things down. Primes us for the third step, right? Solving, yes. which is where we actually are right now. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. What do you want to lead lead off with? Kind of. Solving's fun. Solving is the fun step. Yeah. If you let it be the fun mm-hmm. step, it mm-hmm. is the funnest step. This is where um, you guys really get to collaborate. And where it can be very silly and very creative. Um, this is like of the four steps when, you know, when I'm doing one of some of these by myself and I'm not with you or I'm mm-hmm. not with my husband, like this step is the one that I end up feeling the most proud about mm-hmm. and tell stories about later. And like empowered by. Yeah, and empowered mm-hmm. by like guess what I did? And I really like dug deep and, and tried this thing and I went wacky and did this thing. And like, mm-hmm. it, it, that's why it's kind of the fun, the fun step in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's where you yeah. get to be creative. That makes sense. Yeah. Like that. But and I, I, I think that we talk about this step of solving as sort of channeling what we call the seeker. Mm-hmm. So that's the role we're channeling. Yeah, that's the role. Mm-hmm. What do you want to say about that? The seeker um, is guided by curiosity. So again, mm-hmm. not assuming that they know the right way to go about something, just like the empath didn't know the way our kid was necessarily feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, just like answer. the advocate yeah. didn't know exactly what they could or should be doing or necessarily needed. Um, having that openness and that curiosity, that is what the seeker is yeah. about. It's saying, I don't know what's going to work. And again, this what works takes two people. So it has to be me mm-hmm. suggesting and ideas, what works getting one creative. day might not work the next day, one minute to another minute. Like the seeker. We want to give hope right now. Right. Okay. Oh, okay. The seeker finds a way. Yeah. You're just going to find a way. You're just, you're just getting in there. It's thinking about it as like an exciting challenge. So the seeker is optimistic. Yeah. The seeker is flexible and resourceful. Silly. Um, Silly, um, creative, yeah. kind of like determined and scrappy, not mm-hmm. to um, like fix the problem necessarily, but to find a way to get everybody's needs met. Yeah. If not in this exact moment, in the long game, yeah. the short game and the long when game. That's I, what the seeker just, is about. When you said scrappy, all of a sudden I remember because <laughs> I found this little tank top that's too small for my okay. daughter, but it was from two years ago. Mm-hmm. And there used to be a little tiny pocket on the front and I cut the pocket off. Because she, I remembered when I pulled it out that she'd wanted a tank top with no pocket. And it was like this epic meltdown about it. And I ended up being like, let's go get the scissors. We're going to cut this pocket right off. Mm-hmm. And, and we cut it off and she wore it for like two years. Yeah. That's a that, great that's example. That's like kind of scrappy. But, but yeah, those but ideas yeah, you, where... You end up cutting up your kids' clothes and being proud about mm-hmm. it kind of thing. But this idea where there are no rules and yeah. that it's not like it's important to have boundaries and limitations and routine and rhythm. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about in these mm-hmm. moments when there's a, a challenge because you or want your kid to do something that they don't want to do. And or stop doing something and, again, that you want them to. Right. Whatever. And yeah. it's, again, instead of using control, which doesn't build skills, doesn't nurture our relationship, mm-hmm. we want to give them other skills. We want to give them skills of problem solving, mm-hmm. of using creativity, of using humor. I think so much of this is this idea that like when they're babies, we have to problem solve everything and we're it's, not really it's including all our job. Them. It's yeah. all our job. And then all of a sudden as they get older and toddler mm-hmm. age, we're trying to, we're still putting that a hundred percent on where we're prob- problem solving and solving and everything. maybe some people with way older kids the and, same. Right. Where we've know. done so much and then all of a sudden they're saying, don't do that for me. No, I, or, I deserve a or seat at vice table. versa. A lot of parents, I think, are compelled to say, you're seven now. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, That's so true too. You know, and I think 
This is going to be years in the making. This is going to be, like we talked about before, a, a collaboration, a lifetime collaboration. And I like to think about this this step, this solving, just like connecting and respecting, mm-hmm. as a way, uh, as a something we would extend to anyone in our life, mm-hmm. not just our kids, you know? A coworker, yeah, a parent, a partner. Or whatever. This yeah. is about your relationship. This is about skills, but it's also just about your relationship and how do you move through a challenge together and get stronger for it yeah. and get smarter for it and more able. Yeah, and I think those kind of brilliant moments as our kids have gotten older in a lot of ways have been seeing them taking on those things on their own mm-hmm. because we've been trying to practice it with them. You know, them saying hmm, what could we do? How can we before, problem solve this? Or how can we yeah. problem solve this? Or saying, maybe, or I have an idea, mm-hmm. or any of those things, like, mm-hmm. makes me so happy seeing their little wheels turning and, and their negotiation skills. Like, you know, like, well, I'll do this if you do this, or, mm-hmm. you know. But that idea, like, like that. you said, Kel, that, like, a problem isn't ours to fix 100%, mm-hmm. and it's not theirs to fix 100%. I think mm-hmm. when we're in those moments of stress, I'm either being like, fucking put your clothes on. I'm mm-hmm. going to lose it. Or I'm like, I have to do all of this stuff and I can't, and I have to get them in. And it's mm-hmm. like, you have to, you either put it all on them or put it all on yourself. Mm-hmm. And the seeker finds a way that both of you guys can be participating yeah. uh, because that's the job. You're still in charge. You're still doing the general thing. But the idea is we're, if we're raising kids, let's raise them to problem solve with us so that, you know, they can be yeah, lighten the load a little, lighten the load <laughs> yeah. a little bit. So some ideas, we yeah. always talk about what can we problem solve ourselves first? So yeah. So can we simplify the environment. Can we get some shit done first? Can we not have this backed up to this? Can we not, you know, can we make a safer space? Right. Can we build in a snack before a thing so mm-hmm. everyone's not hangry? Can how, we? How do we get creative to yeah. mitigate um, stressful situations? Yeah. And right. a lot of that work doesn't happen in the moment. It mm-hmm. happens at the end of the night by yourself or with your partner on the phone with your friend. Instead being of like, beating yourself oh, up, this thing happened. Yeah. What are we going to do about it? But it takes that mindset of instead of dwelling and being pissed and or, being resentful. Or shoving it under the rug and pretending it never happened. Right. It's saying, there was a ding ding. This bothered me. This caused some problems. Yeah. What can I take on? What's my responsibility in this situation mm-hmm. as the parent in charge, as the advocate, as the empath? What can I be doing as the seeker mm-hmm. to kind of make this work? And then I think the second step, which is really important, and I think that we just overlook it all the time, mm-hmm. is finding a way to involve our kid with it. Yeah. So I think that starts from a really young age and giving them agency in their own lives mm-hmm. and um, finding ways that they can collaborate to yeah. set the table or to choose which color clothes that they have yeah. or to put fun things in a basket to get that stuff fun. Cleaned up, yeah. Making it so that they understand that so many processes are collaborative already so that when the problems come up, that's got to be a collaborative process too. Yeah. Because we're all a team, right? Right. This right. is how it works. A problem? Yeah. Oh, that's okay. We'll figure it out together. No yeah. big deal. It's not me against you. And that's the idea of the seeker is mm-hmm. saying, we are walking arm in arm up this mountain together. Mm-hmm. And we're we don't, ha- we don't have all the answers. No. We're, we're open. We're looking. We're right. similarly to connect, But connect, the idea is having no particular agenda besides like, Okay, we got to get in the moving. car. Forward yeah. moving, right. everything. Progress. Progress. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think another another way that kind of um, shows itself is through creativity and silliness mm-hmm. and humor. And this was such a big one for me. Um, this isn't something that I feel like, I feel like it's easier to be silly with younger kids. And then when, when you get a lot of real pushback, when you come up against <clears throat> a, a kid who is not being funny, is not like, 
engaging with you in a silly mm-hmm. way. It's it's feels unnatural to be the one throwing out some jokes, throwing out some things, mm-hmm. and you're getting this like stony face mm-hmm. thing, or you're getting tears and anger still. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that we want to be like making light of the feelings and experiences our kids are having, but I've noticed that the moments that I'm able to lean into pulling out ideas to be silly and to mm-hmm. um, just keep things light. Mm-hmm. It's respectful, but light. Mm-hmm. It, it helps me do better. Mm-hmm. This isn't just like any of the other parts, a tactic to get a result um, or to pursue my own agenda, but it actually helps my own mind frame. So I'm able to mm-hmm. advance things, to, to focus on that process and progress Absolutely. as we go, you know. Well, and the whole idea, upbringing is about growing up alongside our kids. And I think when we have... When we hit a struggle or a challenge, it's really easy to just lose our shit and to get frustrated and to get negative and mm-hmm. to go to that place. And to just tank. And I think yeah. that when we think about this, doing this with our kid, all of a sudden we think about, wait, if I'm doing it with them, being really negative, being really frustrated, being really fatalistic, what is that serving us both? What is that teaching them skill-wise? Yeah. Like we have to get our shit together and like model better through these challenges. And we, and we can't always do it. No. But But that's what's so great is the times that we are able to do it, you can reflect back, if you're lucky, reflect mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. And, and be like, what was different about that? Like, none of the things actually changed. My, my kids still refused or, re- or um, gave resistance to X, Y, Z. We still went screaming out of the, the mall or the school or whatever it was. But I felt pretty good. It weighed less. It weighed less. Yeah. There was less of a burden. And it's because you... You're in the, you in the you're forward. in the steps, but you're also you're light mm-hmm. and you're you're nimble and you're curious and you know that you gave it your all and you mm-hmm. tried and you're like, hey, we talk about the matrix. You're, mm-hmm. you're outside the matrix. Mm-hmm. You're not sucked into the rabbit hole. And those times that we feel less successful aren't based on whether our kid did or didn't do like a, some sort of outcome that we would hope for, even um, though the outcome is valuable, but that we. I don't know, that we felt better about it, that we felt fulfilled, that we felt like we did all the things that we could. Because chances are that they were probably interpreted that way, too, if we were also feeling that way. That's the hope anyway. I think the seeker also asks questions, asks why. Mm -hmm. Like, why is this happening? So does my routine need to be simplified? Do we need to change up whatever it is? Does this socks before car thing even need to happen yeah how necessary are these expectations i have let's question my it's about questioning yourself as much as the space your child Mm -hmm. the outside everything right and then it's questioning them like how many hours of sleep have they been getting yeah how many whatever like it's just it's asking questions it's being open to yeah but i think questioning yourself is such a huge part of Mm -hmm. that and it doesn't come easily to parents because there's this big pressure to to have it all figured out or to at least like, you know, roll like you do mm-hmm. because you need to stay on top. You need to keep moving. You need, you have this incredible responsibility of um, raising these little guys, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think questioning yourself, it gets easier the more you do it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and well, questioning and, each and other. And questioning but. ourselves in front of our kids. And part of being the seeker is saying, I don't know. Mm -hmm. to our kids, to ourselves, saying, I made a mistake. I messed up. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely valuable and incredibly valuable so that we can be raising kids who can question themselves without their egos at stake, who are constantly trying to to protect themselves and defend themselves, who can say, I kind of messed up on that one, or I don't know the outcome of this. Let's find out. Mm -hmm. Or I'm having a struggle and a problem with this person. 
let's figure it out together to get both of our needs met. It's mm-hmm. not just about my needs and exerting yeah. them over somebody else's needs. Like the other two, it's really about cultivating that inner voice to get creative and ask questions and not take everything so personally. And seeing challenges as opportunities to learn and to grow together with somebody Mm -hmm. and to like maybe have a little bit of fun in the process. Yeah. Yeah. So we've respected. Mm -hmm. We've connected. We've solved to the best of our abilities. Mm -hmm. And again, as you've mentioned, Kel, this isn't to say that All of the challenges are going to be resolved if we go through these four steps. That's not how life works. That's not how relationships Mm -hmm. work. That's definitely not how kids work or parents. Um, The idea is that we keep doing this process and invest in this process because change is made over time in small Mm -hmm. little amounts that sometimes we almost can't even see. And that's why this fourth step is... Is trust. It's a big one. Yeah. And like when people tell me to trust, I'm like, fuck you. Don't tell me to trust. Yeah. Well, I think trust doesn't feel good. When people say trust, they make it sound complacent or Mm -hmm. like throwing your hands up and throwing the towel in and just giving up, giving up, letting Mm -hmm. go. Letting go is so hard. Um, And I like to think of trust as keeping hold of that string we were talking about, but just kind of loosening your grip a little bit Mm -hmm. on whatever it is. You're, You're still holding on. But just a little well, bit looser. It's, I feel like it's loosening up to lighten up mm-hmm. enough that you enjoy life and you're yeah. not just a crazy bitch all the time. Yeah, but trust isn't just about all those things. Like we think about this fourth step of trusting as kind of embodying what we call the believer. Mm-hmm. And that person or that being, that embodiment that we try to channel is um, just has perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the believer sees it all. It's like you've mm-hmm. got this... You're kind of channeling this old wise person mm-hmm. who who is like, it's going to be okay. Everyone's doing their best. Everyone's I put in, be all I right. put in everything that I can do. Yeah. And I think that's the idea too, is that when you've, when you're working not to like, respect. not even like when all else fails. No, but, but when yeah. you're working to respect, you're working to connect, you're working to solve. All is left to do is to trust because you have done what you can do. Mm-hmm. And the idea of trust too is that idea of what is our job and what are we actually in control of? And that is ourselves. That's yeah. all we can actually do. And so that's why all of these steps involve what we do, not what our kids necessarily do or how what we do is even necessarily received. We mm-hmm. just have to know we're coming from a real place. That's why I feel like modeling is the, the best thing we can do. Trust isn't just sit back and wait. You can no. still be doing things when trust you're trusting. Trust is really, really fucking hard work. Oh, yeah. It's And because it's all of these kind of things that are behind the scenes that, that are that are more invisible, like modeling, like playing the long game, mm-hmm. like observing, um, observing, just waiting and observing and mm-hmm. being patient, um, like choosing to be unruffled mm-hmm. and um, calm. And, and, and those things sound, like we said, less like, reactive, like yeah. passive things, but choosing to be calm and patient that's really hard work, mm-hmm. you know? That's not a default. That's, that, no, that that's is like, not that's something you just stop doing. That is an active thing that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. it's challenging. Mm-hmm. So, for sure. Yeah. What are some of the other things at play for, for this last step? Well, I think trust in that all of these challenges have value. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that sometimes we get to the end of one of these things and we're just like, oh my God, like, what was the point of all of this? Why is this happening to me? Um, what... Why, why are we going through this needless conflict and these stupid challenges? Mm-hmm. Like, why can't we all just get along? And what we talk about a lot is that the hard stuff's the good stuff. And we really believe that it, in the trust of these challenges as 
helping us to build skills, to get closer, to learn about ourselves, to learn yeah. about other people. It, they have inherent value and worth, mm-hmm. these t- t- difficult things. So yeah, the hard stuff's the good the stuff. The hard stuff is really yeah. the good stuff. Also, the idea of playing the long game, mm-hmm. you know, that... Um, that things take a while, that things don't happen overnight. Yeah, but I think that's one one of the biggest reasons for a lot of our discomfort as parents is we don't have a good sense um, for developmental readiness or how long things should mm-hmm. take. And so we're constantly, our expectations are constantly coming up against a wall and we end up like unleashing that on our child or mm-hmm. f- feeling like a failure ourselves or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of, yeah, thinking about the long game as... We're taking a couple steps forward. Okay, we take a step back. We take five steps forward. Okay, we might take a couple back. This, All of it, nothing is wasted. It's all progress, and the journey mm-hmm. itself is the destination. Mm-hmm. We're not, and I think part, part of the problem is our culture is so focused on these milestones, and mm-hmm. it starts so young. When yeah. can they smile? When can they roll over? When can they crawl? When can they walk? Let's get them there faster. Mm-hmm. Let's push it all along. Let's 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 make when them into they, adults. When as can they be independent? Dressing themselves. When can they use a fucking fork? Or whatever. Yeah. And and all of those things are very valuable. And I was very happy when my kid could use a fork. Mm-hmm. Like really happy. But but I think that the idea behind trust is valuing authentic progress mm-hmm. and. The idea behind all of these things is that we want ourselves to be guided authentically, not reactively or instinctually, but authentically and intuitively. Mm-hmm. And we want our kids to be doing that too. We want them to go through, move through challenges and know their emotions. We want them to move through challenges and know their rights for their body or their will to know be able how, to express how themselves. How to ask questions and solve problems. Right. We want all of those things. And those things take time. Um, and obviously, I think it's really easy to be like, well, we're not raising kids. We're raising mini adults. So they should be able to do this and do that. And why haven't they done mm-hmm. it yet? And the whole, this whole idea between trust, this last step, is saying, if we really want these things to connect authentically with our kids, we don't want to over control them or force them to happen too soon. We just have to keep nurturing, keep nurturing, keep supporting, keep, keep guiding, modeling, keep, keep modeling, modeling, keep modeling, yeah. keep modeling in the with the trust that and these things are going to be happening and moving a, forward. Yeah. And it's going to be getting in there in a way that's not about us. That's actually about them that they can connect to authentically. Yeah. I don't remember what I was going to say. Sorry. It's okay. Kind of bulldozed me there. Um, what else? I can't even read your handwriting. We took some notes. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the opposite of trust is fear. So it's yeah. it's getting really um, attuned with why we're scared, why we're worried. After doing all of those steps, yeah. working really hard to connect and collaborate and respect, and I think and all of those the, things. The big ask in trust, like we've talked about, it feels like doing nothing. It feels like sitting back and waiting, and all these things it feels permissive, and, right? And that's that's. I don't think anyone would really have a problem with that, except. It's very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And trusting is about sitting in the discomfort, mm-hmm. waiting, being patient, being calm, observing. Um, all of these, trust is not just a thing, it's mm-hmm. all of these things that you have to do, most of which require you shifting your energies away from reactivity, being active, controlling, talking, mm-hmm. pushing, um, perseverating, perseverating, yeah. stressing, <clears throat> worrying. Um, all these things to a place of, um, it's almost like a meditative state. Like a stasis, a, a calm yeah. kind of as is. Yeah, with, with, this, part. with this big picture mentality, this this kind of um, like 
courageous wisdom that it's going to be okay, that everyone's going to Everyone's gonna doing get what where they, they need, need to everyone's do. Everyone's doing what they need to do. Everyone's gonna get where they need to go, and mm-hmm. we're gonna keep running through the steps. And to, that every to get day them there. is a new opportunity. And that's mm-hmm. trust too, is having that faith that today sucked mm-hmm. big time. It was hard. I didn't react the way I wanted to. My kid doesn't seem to be building these skills that I'm really trying to to instill in them. Things didn't go that well, but there's always tomorrow. There's always trust in yeah. not just our kid and their ability to develop and whatever, but in ourselves to act differently the next time yeah. or to make a different choice. Let you know? the step be that like soft hand stroking your head at the end <laughs> of the really night nice. when you like have cried it out a little bit. Mm. And it's just like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. You're going to be fine. And yeah, doing this though, I mean, that's what we need right now. Mm-hmm. But those are the parents we want to be to our kids so that they don't need a hand stroking their heads when they're 35 years old. How am I? We're 36. 36. 36. Yeah. When they're 36 years old, they don't have to have a hand stroking their forehead necessarily so that they will have the tools of respecting yeah. themselves and others, of connecting with themselves and other people, of problem solving for themselves with other people in order to... And, and having a sense of security, which right. trust is, is is a confidence, is, is a self-assuredness, is um, a balance. That inner sense balance. of a rock, yeah. an inner balance, absolutely. Yeah. And I think the last thing about trust, when you get that perspective, when you're able to let go and be in that space and accept things as is, having done all the work that you're doing, it's able to give you the opportunity, like you said, to lighten up, to mm-hmm. loosen up, and to enjoy your life a little bit more. Yeah, even and especially to, through the hard times. And to be able to see the beautiful yeah. things, the funny things, the amazing things that maybe we wouldn't notice when we're anger balls. When we're in the matrix. In the matrix, yeah. toiling around in there. So yeah. to give ourselves grace, to give our kids grace, and to just celebrate those small victories and those little moments that could really easily be lost otherwise. I agree. Yeah. Al looks kind of bored. So, in conclusion, no, I don't know. I don't know how long this was. If you're still around, Mm. props. Thanks for hanging in there. Um, We just felt like it was important to just let you know where we're coming from and how we work with these challenges. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it resonated with you. It was a lot of like swirly meta overview-y kind of stuff. Yeah, we were really just kind of ranting and riffing a bit. Um, We would like to do things that are a little bit more organized, but as we said, this is is part of our process. Um, This is kind of how we are becoming and growing up in the world with our kids. And we hope that it's helping you to want to grow up too in your own way. in your own family. Yeah. And I think we're going to be talking about our empowerments in the next episode. Mm-hmm. And we'll yeah. kind of run you through all of those to give you just a base um, understanding of how mm-hmm. we might be applying those in different contexts yeah. of our kind of dear upbringing and empowerment. Then episodes. when you like hear us, you know, talking about them and stuff, you won't be like, what does we welcome all emotions mean? They're all pretty self-explanatory, but why yeah. are they talking about that? Or why do we want to do that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So a, li- a little bit of the why behind. And, um, yeah, thanks for sticking with us with so many intros to everything. Yeah, um, it's just kind of our process. Yeah, it but, just feels good. Um, anyway, give us feedback. Let us know mm-hmm. what you're thinking, um, what you're going through. Keep sending us your dear upbringings. We're collecting so them, good. and we will get to them, we promise. Um, but so I think that's it. Signing off. And, yeah, until um, next time. Let's show up and grow up. That was fun. That was fun, yeah. 
head over to our website at upbringing.co or YouTube where you can watch the stunning display of first-time awkwardness that you just heard. Yes, but we're going to get better at this, Cal. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Final farewell for the kids? Yes, our affirmation to you. You're doing an amazing job. We're so proud of you. Um, If you're here, you're taking steps to better understand yourself, your child, and our world. So thank you. We're all growing up together. Till next time.